Monday evening, everybody. I am the host of the Monday Night Kickoff Show or the Redfish Chuck Show, Charles Levi. Joining me, as always, one of my illustrious co-hosts, Mr. Pepe Vidal. I will get to you in just a minute, my man. I'm having, again, technical difficulties here at the Levi household. Um, it's getting kind of getting kind of old, man, getting kind of old. Um, let's see. Let's see if everything's going to work now. Anyhow, uh, lots to get to, lots to get to today. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, tarpon fishing. We're going to talk a little bit about fly fishing. We're going to talk to uh, Pepe here and see what's going on with him. Let's see if this works. You there, hey, brother? Yeah, you hear me? Yeah, yeah. All right. I was wondering what's going on, man. I was like, oh, man, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, you know how it oh, is, man. It's same day, different thing, man. Oh, yeah. I what's hear you, going on? What's going on in your world, brother? I don't know, man. All right. Everything pretty good. Um, actually got some very good news recently. Very, very recently, which you know about, which I'm not going to talk about here, but, you know, <laughs> just uh, a few good news, you know. So, um, yeah, I, saw you, that, I saw you got out in the skip the other day. Yeah, man. Yeah, I got out, uh, got out in the, on the boat on Saturday with Wade and, uh, and actually did very well. I mean, very, very well. I mean, it was a great morning. I was out there with Wade, and first we were out there, you know, and we were looking for black drum. And first thing we do when we get out there, we get to the area and stuff, my trolling motor takes a crap. Trolling motor doesn't want to work. It's not working right and all the stuff. Played with it for a while, wouldn't work. And I said, well, time to climb on that polling platform and start pulling, pulling weight around, you know, pulling 300 pounds around. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yep, so I pulled them, I pulled them around all day, pretty much up there. But man, I'm telling you, Chuck, I don't think it's very few times that I have seen what I saw on Saturday. I mean, I saw balls of redfish. I mean, there were balls of redfish. I mean, easily 70 to 100 redfish in one school, all balled up. That it actually, it actually looked like a grass flat. That's how much fish there was in these balls and it was Crazy. moving you know what i mean it was one of these move it's moving along and you see it and it was calm it was flat calm and you could literally see all the fish and you're like oh my god i'm just sitting there on the top of the platform just looking at this freaked out right. i can't believe these fish are all they're all upper slot to over slot fish every single one of those that many of them <laughs> i mean yeah, nuts. that was just disgusting. Yeah, it was disgusting. And then the next day, you know, Chris Sensi comes down. You there? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, okay, I'm hearing some feedback. Um, but yeah, I, the next day, like, you know, uh, uh, Chris Sensi comes down from Jacksonville because he's, he found out what I was on, so he decides to come down. He comes down, and he got on the redfish and stuff like that, but – he got a more black drum than I did the day before. I couldn't find any black drum. The next day, he says there was there was balls of black drum everywhere. Crazy. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, crazy, huh? 
But did you see, you yeah. saw the redfish they caught, right? You saw that big one. Yeah. They caught a 40-something inch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's crazy, crazy, though, Chuck, because this area that we're fishing, it's strange. And even Chris, we were talking about it because it's like, why are these fish there? It's a desert, uh, Chuck. It's a desert. There's no grass there. There's right. no grass there, and these fish are hanging out there. What are they doing there? I don't know. I, myself, me and Chris are talking about it. I can't figure it out. Why are these fish there? I don't know. That's <laughs> nuts. You found some black drum too, didn't you? Yeah, Chris. Yeah, Chris got yeah. on them. Chris got on a lot of black drums. We know Chris. Chris doesn't like catching black drum. He hates black yeah. drum. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good problem to have, though. I mean, whenever you I know, get right? into a big old yeah, get into a big old wad of. Uh, a black drum and, and you know you're angry about it <laughs> yeah right he's angry about it exactly that's chris chris doesn't want to catch a black drum and i'm sitting on saturday and i wanted to catch a black drum <laughs> right it's crazy i don't know yeah, I think man. we may we may or may not be experiencing some technical difficulties in the chat room i don't know um can you see a chat room Pat? yeah i see it now i couldn't get it before i just got it right now as you were saying that Okay, cool. Um, yeah, I see, awesome. I see Drew's there. Yeah, very cool. So, <clears throat> real quick, folks, if you uh, if you're new to listening to the show, or if you've never called in before, feel free to give us a shout anytime during the show to, to kind of just tell us what's going on in your neck of the woods, or uh, if you've got a topic or something like that you want us to kind of start talking about questions, comments, concerns, whatever. Feel free to call us at seven one four eight one six forty seven twenty seven. Seven one four eight one six forty seven twenty seven, and uh, we'll do our best to answer those phone calls or uh, answer your questions or just talk about whatever topics you want to talk about. Um, I think Justin Ritchie is supposed to give us a call here in a little while. Uh, we're going to talk to him about doing some. Uh, I guess it's going to be doing some um, tarpon fishing. I guess on low tide or something like that. I think that's what he wanted to talk about. That or snook. I forget what, but anyhow. And then uh, I wanted to bring up some, you know, a little bit of fly fishing information for you guys. Um, I've been seeing a, a steady spike in the interest level of, of fly enthusiasts or those who wish to be fly enthusiasts uh, lately up in Titusville. So uh, we're talking a little bit about fly fishing in, in the uh, wintertime months and patterns that work real well and, and ways to kind of go about, you know, targeting different fish and such. But uh we're gonna hit a real quick break, man. And uh, since we didn't we didn't do that when we first came on, when we get back, we'll uh, we'll talk more with Peppy and we'll see what else he's got going on. I know duck season just wrapped up, and you, know, you got to be a little kind of on the fence about how you feel about that, huh? Yep. Yeah. So we'll be right back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That was kind of a question. But that's cool, man. Man, I was wondering what's going on, man. I was like. <laughs> That's cool. We'll be, we'll be right back at Kayak Fisher Radio. Stand by. <laughs> Looking for a group of kayak anglers to share your kayak fishing adventures with? Check out yachtangler.com, your ultimate fishing resource. Give me the flat to dawn with plenty of tailing fish. And the perfect fly rod. Yeah. And get ready for some magic. Join Bonefish and Tarpon Trust. Nice fish. And help make sure that the magic never ends. Visit tarbone.org to find out how you can help. 
Bonefish Tarpon Trust. Of course, uh, Kayak Fishing Radio is a sponsor of Bonefish Tarpon Trust. Um, a little something that most of us hold near and dear to our hearts, which is protecting those game fish that it just doesn't, for any for any reason, make sense to take out of the water and kill uh, tarpon, bonefish, and of course, uh, permit being uh, the third one there. But um, check out bonefishtarpontrust.org and, and for all your information, things you can uh, do to get involved with Bonefish Tarpon Trust, uh, DNA swabs on tarpon, you can do get involved in doing some kind of tagging on uh, on the bonefish or tar- tagging on uh, on uh, permit as well. So huge sponsors of uh, all things fly fishing and also just, you know, great ambassadors for the sport, man. There's a lot of really cool people that are involved with uh, Bonefish Tarpon Trust. And if you've been listening to the show for any length of time, you may have heard uh, probably, good God, probably about close to two years ago now, I had Dr. Aaron Adams from Bonefish Tarpon Trust on the show um, with some really, really cool information about how far some of these fish actually travel up and down the seaboard. Some people will be pretty surprised when it comes to, you know, how far away tarpon have been caught and you know, how far away bonefish have been spotted and all this kind of thing. So check them out, man. Great organization, and uh, we love to be a part of that. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, some ladies in the kayak fishing world have dubbed this next guest as the most adorable kayak fisherman on the planet. <laughs> uh, but one thing, Ritchie, one thing. What? One thing. He needs to stop. He needs to stop with the selfies. The selfies are just too much. Too many <laughs> selfies? Yeah, man. Yeah. You see the <laughs> selfies on Facebook? Come on. I Come have, on. I, have, I, I, haven't, I haven't been watching all of the selfies, but I, I have I mean, hey, I have been guilty before of taking selfies of the beard. But then again, the beard kind of took on its own kind of life form and creature. So, you know, <laughs> I was actually trying See, it went, sorry, Justin, to your thunder, but what a lot of people don't understand is while I was trying to take these selfies, I was actually trying to catch the skunk ape that lived inside my beard, and yeah. he was elusive, man, so real real hard to get a yeah. picture of that guy, so I have to take multiple yeah, but selfies one thing, to try and catch it. Yeah, one thing is selfies of beard, that's all right. When you're taking selfies of your muscles and stuff, come on, come on. <laughs> oh, okay, so that's, so that's what you're hating on, all right. <laughs> you can be you can be jelly. You can be jelly. That's totally fine. You can be jelly. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I like to welcome to Kayak Fishing Radio's Monday Night Show, Mr. Just, Justin Ritchie. What's going on, guys? What's going on, on bro? Oh man, um, doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Yeah. Happy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just I've uh, been doing a lot of different stuff lately. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> been working out. Yeah, that, yeah. I've been, you know, been doing. I'm doing, doing pretty good. It's been about six hey, months. Uh, and, that's cool, man. That's cool. Um, so Justin, I, you, Justin, you don't have to flex for us while you're on the phone. Not on the phone. You don't have to flex for us. Hold on, hold on. Let me let me press the pound button real quick. Ah, <laughs> pound it, pound it, guys. All right. <laughs> You need directions um, over there. Enough shenanigans. Uh, <laughs> we could do this all day. Um, hey. Uh, 
he Are you guys to, there? Uh, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah you, you cut out there. I didn't hear you. All right. For those who don't know Justin, you, you're, you're a very accomplished uh, kayak angler. Everybody knows that. Everyone who follows you on Facebook and stuff, they, they know your skills there. Well, what you've been doing lately, man, you've been doing a lot of traveling. You've been hitting the West Coast. You've gone down south. You've you run out the beach. Um, yeah, one of the few people that have come up far. Chuck, you're cutting out. Yeah, can you can you guys hear me? Yeah, we hear you now. Yeah, Chuck. keep keep talking, man. Chuck is out, huh? What's that? You hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I don't hear Chuck. Okay. Yeah, Chuck is out. So I don't know what he was saying. So <laughs> Chuck is okay. out. He'll be back in. All righty. <laughs> Wait, are we are we so, talking on the show or is Chuck in? No, we're on the show. It's us too. Oh, Chuck can you hear me? Oh, yeah, I can hear you now, man. Oh yeah. All right. Cool. <laughs> Good God. So yeah. So what I was saying was, for those of you that don't know Justin. You know, obviously you've traveled a lot. You've done a lot of fishing all up and down the eastern seaboard of the uh, great state of Florida, and you've gone recently making a bunch of trips over the West Coast, man. Yeah, I've uh, I've just kind of been mixing it up. I know that, you know, when we get into the wintertime here on our east coast and the lagoon systems, uh, the water starts to clear up a lot, and we get some of these calm wind days, you can get out and get, you know, like you've said in previous shows, just double-digit days where you get, you know, 10, 11, 12 redfish in a day. And and that's fun. I like taking advantage of it, but I'm always looking for something different to do, just just something to cross off the bucket list and say, I, I, I just want to stretch my legs and go check something out. So if we get days with an east wind, I like heading over to the west coast and tucking back up in all the creek systems back there. Um, and one thing I think a lot of East guys, East Coast guys forget is on the West Coast, when, in the wintertime, when you get a day with a really strong north wind, it will blow the tide out. It doesn't matter whether it's high tide, you know, two feet up, or low tide, negative seven inches. It's going to be like negative foot and a half or negative two feet in a lot of areas. And a lot of people don't realize that. They try to look at the tides. They go out in the middle of a cold front or the day after, and it's a north wind, and you just, it's bone dry. Sometimes you've got to walk out, you know, 100 yards or so just to get your kayak out into the water because areas that you would usually launch are just, they're all exposed. So it's, it's really a cool thing to check out because, one, you've got a lot less area to kind of fish and zone in on, and, two, it forces all these fish to congregate in certain areas. Um, I had the privilege of fishing with Derek Burgos of Fat Fish Kayak Chargers on the West Coast. I know you guys know him, and Teppy knows him pretty well. Uh, really cool guy, really hospitable, just kind of welcomed me into the area really well. Um, went over there with my friend Adam and fished up in the Tampa area one day, went back up into a creek system. I think it was probably like blowing 15 or 20 out of the east. It was just really cold and and windy, and there was no sun out, but we still did really well. We found a bunch of, a couple of snook and a couple of really nice reds tucked up into a creek. Water level was so low, we had to literally get out of our kayaks in mud, and it just kind of grut through shin-deep mud for, I don't know, 
couple yard, a couple like 50, 60 yards into this creek. And the minute we got into the creek, it dropped like four feet. So all these fish just kind of hole up in there. Uh, and the same will happen, you know, any other part. It doesn't matter whether it's up from Cedar Key all the way down to the Pine Island, like Matt Lachey, uh, Fort Myers area. The whole West Coast does it. If you find days where it's really cold and windy out and you're like, oh, I can't hit the flats, it's, I really want to go out and fish, but, you know, I don't want to have to deal with getting blown around, it's a really great opportunity to take advantage of things on the West Coast. I mean, a lot of people don't think about targeting snook in the wintertime. They're a temperate species. Their equilibrium can start to get a little wonky when the temperature dips below 60, 55 degrees, and I don't usually expect to do well with snook when it gets cold out, but you can have some pretty awesome days out there if you just find out where these holes are and where a lot of the drops are in the creek systems. Um, I can go on and on, but it's it's just been it's been a really cool experience, kind of stretching my legs and checking a bunch of things out out there. Um, I mean, I'm still working on trying to get a, a huge snook from the kayak. That's one of my things on the bucket list for this year. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it just it feels good to kind of get away from, you know, the same old, same old and see different parts of Florida. No, that's – you would – um, I know up to recently, I mean, the, those tarpon are hard to catch in the wintertime, and you really don't see too many of them. But I know I was out two weeks ago. I think it was two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, cold morning. I was out with uh, Alex Ritchie and Lonnie Reed. And we were in a no-motor zone fishing the flats. And all of a sudden, Lonnie Reed hooks up to a tarpon. And, I mean, the water was cold, man. And he hooked up to a tarpon. He landed in there like that. But we were all freaked out that, that there was actually still tarpon around with as cold as the water was. I mean, we were not expecting that. Yeah, I yeah. I didn't expect to, to get that tarpon either. It's That was just kind of a fluke catch, but... Out on the flats, is it's pretty rare when it gets cold out. I think that's a really cool thing. Well, I'll tell you, um, I know that me and you, Justin, have been talking about it whenever you come by the shop or whatever, but, you know, from time to time it does get kind of tedious to go and hit the same spots all, over and over again. And, you know, it, it, not to say that fishing on our coast is easy, but for those of us that have done this for our entire lives, I mean, it's it's it can get quite redundant. <laughs> You know, I mean, there's, there's only so many places you can go that you haven't been, and there's only, you know, so many situations you'll see that you haven't seen before, you know. And, and so to be able to travel and go to the West Coast or go down south and jump off the beaches down there, do, do that kind of thing, it's really cool. That's I think that's probably one of the reasons why I'm looking forward as much as I am to going down to Flamingo next month. And it has absolutely nothing to do with the competition. It has everything yeah. to do with the fact that, I just want to go down there and just fish and just have a good time. I've never been down there. I know, Peppy, you kind of cut your teeth in that in that region, but, you know, I've never I've, – I personally have never fished there. So it's, I'm, I'm it's, it's so excited it's about that. Oh, yeah, it's going to be different down there. It's a whole different environment down there. You know, you get tides down there, the same thing, all that stuff. You get, get you know, all that kind of stuff different than here. And, and the thing is, it's going to freak people out, which I know it's going to happen because there is tons of sharks down there. And when you're in two feet of water, a foot of water, and you hook up to a five-foot blackfish on the flat, 
you will freak when you hook this thing up on a flat. <laughs> I mean, oh, my God. His back coming out of the water. Yeah, his back will be coming out of the water, and he'll be dragging you around the flat. Yeah, Chuck, you got to get one on fly, man. You got to get one on I'm fly when you're you. down there. I'm, I'm bringing the 12-way with me, and I've already tied up a couple shark flies. So um, Friday, <laughs> after we do a little bit of fun fishing and just kind of getting our, our, our bearings about us, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hopefully find something that I can hack up and hang off the, the bow of the pro angler to try and draw something in to where I can get a good fly shot on him and I think that would be pretty pretty freaking awesome to do that off the boat, you know, off the off the Hobie. So, but uh, I digress. So, you know, if 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 your bucket list fish for this year is a big snook, I would probably venture to say that in the Flamingo area and back up in the Everglades, you probably have a pretty good shot at getting a decent one back there. That would you, yeah. Would you think so? It's, I mean, you've got oh yeah. Yep, I know some areas over there. I actually know some areas that are known for snook in that area, and it's all snook in those areas. Now, we'll see where the checkpoints are. It all depends where the checkpoints are and everything like that, but I know some areas over there where it's 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 literally all snook that you're going to catch, and and big snook. <laughs> so That's awesome. Yeah. I've, we'll I've just yeah. kind of treated these past couple trips on the West Coast as, as practice for the tournament because – we don't have a lot of opportunities to uh, skip baits and pitch baits up underneath docks and mangroves and trees. We don't, we don't have a lot of places we can do it on the East Coast. We do down in Melbourne and Fort Pierce and the mangrove shorelines there, but on our flats, you know, we have a lot of open-range country. And right. I know when we go down to Flamingo, it's going to get tight and skinny and possibly going through cobwebs, going through, you know, trees that are in our face and all kinds of creatures and you know, I'm just trying to figure out how to kind of get a taste of the West Coast, what it's like just working in really tight to structure, really close combat kind of fishing. It's a, it's a whole different ball game, and it's literally like you have sometimes just a few seconds to make a move, and I think that's what's going to be the coolest thing is we're really accustomed to fishing the flats, and I'm looking forward to clear water and crazy tides on the it's- outside of Flamingo. But when you start venturing back up inside the bay, it's just, it's, there's nothing like it. Just, I mean, looking at a regular map of it, there isn't anything, you know, similar to it. We kind of got a taste of it down in Chukaleski, but there's so much more, you know, so much more to scope out in that area. I'm it's going to be, it's, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting because I'll tell you, Justin, you have two different, you have two different types of fishing there. You're going to have the outside flats fishing, which is by the islands and all that stuff, which is the outer outside of Flamingo. You have that kind of tall flats, okay? And then you have the inner part of Flamingo, which that's the parts that you're saying with the mangroves and all that stuff. Now, you saw the boundaries, how they are. I don't know how they're going to do this. We'll see how this works out. I have a feeling that they're going to make us work some of the checkpoints out in the open flats, and then in order to get into the inside, I'm thinking you're either going to have to run south, uh, you're going to have to run southwest and go in through way southwest and cut in through there in order to get some of the checkpoints, or you're going to have to pull your kayak out of the water and put in on the other ramp that they have to put in for the inside part of Flamingo. So I don't know how they're going to work it, but, but I, it, it's, it's two different Two completely different 
you know, types of fishing there. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do. I yeah, I remember people were talking about kind of uh, portage. Like, can you can you port your kayak? We're going to have opportunities where you have to do that. And I, I mean, how far? Like, if it's just kind of a skip over a ledge, yeah. But if we're talking dragging and dragging and dragging a kayak, yeah, that's going to be that's that's going to be pretty cool. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. It's going to be a workout, but uh, you know, I'm bringing I my wheel. I'll be oh, here. Yeah. I'll, I'll have my wheels on my boat too. That's for sure. <laughs> now I'm just going to yep, train I'm a little bit harder and strap it in my shoulders. I'll just I'll just grunt it. Take my shirt off and crawl through the mud, and that's you know that's the real way Take to do it. Take your shirt off. <laughs> Take my shirt off. Reflection of the sun. <laughs> little, little known fact: it makes you it, like twice as strong when you take your shirt off and do anything in life. So. Yeah. <laughs> yep. they, it just gives me it, it right just gives there, me a beer rest. <laughs> if, they, if they do the crossover right there where we're camping and where the launch is and all that stuff and everything like that, it's not too bad. I mean, it's, you, you're literally just got to drag your kayak across the parking lot onto the other side and dump it on the other side. There's actually a lock right there where boats get to one side to the other, but it's, and it's not that far of a drag. I'm just wondering, like you're saying, if they're making this in other areas of the island that you just walk, you've got to walk a trail to get to the inner side, the other side. Now, that's going to be interesting if they do that stuff. I want to see. <laughs> I want to see if they do that. <laughs> And I didn't know any of that was there. I thought if you wanted to get up into the bay, kind of from where we're launching, that you take that ridiculously long, like, five-mile trek through the canal all the way up. Yeah, no, there's there's ways in there. There's other ways in there. Huh. Um, oh, yeah. But I'll tell you right now, I'll let you know right now, that, that if you look on Google Earth and you look at the north side, um, and you, and you, not the north side, the southwest side of Flamingo, all the way up. Um, shoot, now I'm going blank on the names. Uh, Snake bite. The name of that beach, huh? Up by Snake Bite. Nah, nah. This is on the other side, southwest. Southwest. Uh, you go around southwest, and you go around the bend, and you go up to uh, Cape. Uh, Cape. Like East, I East Cape. East Cape. Yeah, East Cape. You go up to East Cape. That little entrance right there that you cut into the inside that they have in there, it's ridiculous fishing there. Ridiculous fishing in that area. Yeah, but East Cape is like a hike, dude. That's like 10 yeah. miles. It's, that's yeah. crazy. Wah, yeah. Wah, yep. wah. <laughs> oh, my God. I was looking yep. at that. I was like, man, if we go to East Cape, that's, that's going to be ridiculous. I think, I think fishing, though. Let me tell you, I think that one of the things that's going to be very interesting is the fact that the first, the first tournament they had that, we, that some of us fished over in Chocoliski, or Everglades City, whatever you want to call it, um, it was awesome. We had a great time. You know, there was a, a decent turnout. It certainly didn't sell the place off. I mean, sell the place out, that's for sure. But um, this one appears to be completely sold out. So we're going to have... What fifty teams? I think it is because it's a hundred, or is it, or is it a hundred teams? What is it, fifty or a hundred? Uh, hundred anglers, fifty teams. Yeah, fifty teams that are going to be competing in this thing, and uh, you know, it's it's, I don't know, it's going to be it's going to be fun. You know, it's going to be a good time. But with a lot of these guys that have never fished it, but saw what what, what went down last year, aren't ready to experience is 
I think the weather issue. None of us know what the weather is going to be like when we get down there, and with the outside being as open as it is, I think we're going to have a if we if we should get hit with some wind, we're going to have a Everglades City type tournament times two, <laughs> where there's like yeah. no protection whatsoever on the on that outside. You know, if we got to go way out to an island, you know, because it, it, from what it looks like on the maps I looked at. Looks like most of the islands from the launch point are pretty far out there. I mean, the, I can imagine that the double checkpoint I mean, the double point uh, checkpoint is going to be a hike. Um, so you know, those those guys that that are coming down from out of state or guys who haven't fished uh, or covered you know twenty plus miles in a kayak in a day with with weather conditions, I, I think that some folks are going to be in for a rude awakening. I mean. It's not. It's definitely not easy. I'll tell you that much. I mean, last year, we. I mean, there was a point last year where I was like, you yeah, know, just take me now, Lord. Like this, this sucks. Like, <laughs> my shoulders started burning. You know, I was like, I figured we were going to get lost and eaten by anacondas or something like. And uh, no, not really. But you know, it, it was it was bad. And um, and just imagine me on the Diablo. <laughs> oh, and, and yeah. that you know, that was the other thing. It's like because now. The, the running joke kind of in our little circle is, you know, the only person, the only person not in pedals going down there in our group is Alan. And yeah. he thought, he thought for a second about bringing the big rig down there. And I was like, no, I was no. Like, yeah. crazy. I was like, the big rig is like a glorified uh, uh, Diablo. Like there's nothing wrong yeah. with either boat. The boats are great boats. They're great for what they were designed to do. But that's not a 20-mile-a-day boat. That's a boat you're going to go out, you're going to fish, you know, a few miles here or there, pull it around, whatever. It's great. It's incredibly stable. Both of them are. Uh, they both paddle well for what they were designed to do. But uh-uh. And if your partner is in a, is, is in a, anything with pedals, you sure as hell don't want to paddle the widest boat that the factory that you represent makes. <laughs> I mean, yeah. forget about stability. Leave that Leave that at home. Bring, bring out the... Uh, I saw what um, what Drew said in the chat room. He's bringing down uh, Revos, which I actually thought about doing just for speed purposes. But, dude, that guy in little coat, that won't work out very well. <laughs> that won't work out very well. But halfway through, because I sat, I sat in a Revo uh, 13, and I pedaled it around. And it, it, is a, it is a rocket ship, but, man, I, I, I like, spill out of the seat. I'm, I'm a little bit too beefy for that boat man and then the the outback's a great boat and i think that's what my partner alex is going to be in but uh i just can't see myself sitting that boat to do 20 plus miles in a day so i'm just gonna go with it and bring the pa down i mean i know it's a barge but last year i was getting passed by guys on the outside remember peppy when we were crossing that open the open water area we got we were were blown away by the dudes and pas and i was like that's I felt like throwing something at him. <laughs> you, I, I, I paddled as hard as I could just to try and keep up with him, just to try and save face. And then they just, then the one guy, like I don't even know who the hell they were, but the one dude like throws his hands behind his head, like he's relaxing. Yeah, he's like, why oh are you sweating my God. so much, Chuck? I'm like, yeah. He goes, why are you sweating so much, Chuck? I'm like, really? All right, I got gotcha. you. <laughs> so I felt my heart and, about and to that's, stop. And that's even figured. saying something from from you, man, because when we were together across the bay like the whole space coast team was heading across you were smoking all of us in your cuda even so like in a paddle boat you were still so that's just saying 
you know, an experienced angler who knows how to paddle still, you know, is not going to have the speed of a Hobie. That's, if, it, if it's just or, a distance. Or, yeah, or of the native. I mean, I'll tell you, I, I haven't been on the water next to uh, any of these guys yet with the uh, Slayer, but I, after talking to Pep and talking to, to Randy English and Wade and, and some of the bunch of other guys that, that have that boat, um, you know, they're, it's just so quick, man. And you can cover so much ground. And when the wind picks up, you don't even care. You're just like, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Like, turn it into it. Like, ride. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you try and like, corner it or cut it a little bit when you're paddling because you got to, you know, you don't want your, uh, your, your paddle blades to slow you down too much. And you want to sit in a low position so your chest doesn't slow you down so much. I stay in the high position the entire time. And uh, Alex and I, uh, Alex Gritschke, uh from Local Lines Charters, you guys hear him here on the show from time to time. Um, the two of us, we went out one day in the no-motor zone, and we were like, listen, let's go and let's just go. Let's just cover some ground. So we left Cars Park, went all the way up to the bridge, which isn't a big deal. We do that all the time. But went up to the bridge, went up to the center of the bridge, the actual causeway, fished down the center of the, of the, of the channel down around the islands, like all the way around the islands multiple times. And we figured that when we were all said and done with all the loops and stops and cutbacks and everything else we did, we probably covered close to 18, maybe 19 miles for the day. And, uh, man, I felt good. Like, we were coming back, and the two of us were kind of, like, looking off in the distance at some birds that were working on the surface, and we both were like, hmm, that's eh, getting a little late. We, got, we should probably head in before the wives kill us. But, you know, that's the thing. I mean, I think that, I think that having, having the boats that we're in now uh, the pedals now is definitely going to be to our advantage in some aspects because, again, if the wind should should turn to crap and, you know, we got to track six miles out into the uh, end, of the, end of the Gulf or whatever, um, to get to an island to hit a checkpoint, it's not going to be that big of a deal, you know. We've, uh, in fact, here's, I'm going to let out a little secret. You're not allowed to use a sail in the tournament, <laughs> correct? Correct. Yep. Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. You're not but allowed. it says nothing about a super uh, a flying squirrel suit. So, so <laughs> Alex I mean, I mean that there. you that? can propel yourself. You can propel yourself with a flying squirrel suit. So I, I hey. guess that falls within it. You know. So when we're standing up and we're sight fishing, we spread our arms out. Spread <laughs> our legs out. We're gonna catch air like a freaking sail of the gown. No, I'm kidding. We're actually joking around about that. I thought it was kind of funny. I was like, dude, we, we totally should show up with flying squirrel suits on, like those ones those guys like jump off cliffs wearing, you know? Um, yeah. And uh, and have like a big PBR like PBR logo on the back of it or something like that would be pretty funny, but. Yeah, I don't know. It's going to be fun, man. I'm really, really looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to uh, Thursday getting down there, maybe looking for some peacocks on the way, um, bringing a couple of fly rods with me just in case we get some downtime to, to play around. I'd love to get a peacock on a fly rod. That would, like, make my year. And then, uh, you know, obviously the big shark thing. I know Peppy's been yeah. kind of hitting on that a little bit, how many sharks are down that way. So I mean, there's going to be a lot of it's going to be a lot of fun. There's going to be a lot of opportunity for uh, for uh, exciting uh, fishing and just to see what what wins at this time. 
we know what won it last time. We all got everybody, doesn't matter what place you came in, everybody from second on back got whooped at the last event. So, uh, and not taking anything away from, you know, top ten, but uh, that the first place team, and those boys just put it on everybody. And so uh, I'm hoping it's a little closer this time, Pep. What do you think? Oh, yeah, I think so, too. I think it, I think it definitely going to be a lot closer this time. I mean, people know what to expect this time, uh, the ones who have done it. So, you know, I, I really do think it's going to be a little closer. And plus, I think the competition is a little stiffer this time, too. There's going to be last, – last year was stiff as it was. It was a stiff competition. Now, this year, it's even stiffer. I mean, you've seen some of the guys who are going to this tournament that are going to show up. I mean, it's – some of your top anglers, I think, around the United States are showing up. Yeah. So, yeah. I was going yeah. through that, that team list the other night, just kind of, you know, reading through the team names and, and who was all on, on board. And it, it really is kind of a who's who of, uh, of southeastern kayak fishing, you know, in my opinion. Um, will there be polygraphs? I don't know. Huh. I don't know if what he's going to uh, do with polygraph. That's a good question. Let's not go there. I don't know. Let's not go there. <laughs> what? Oh, no. I'm just, I'm just talking. No. Hey, you know, here's the thing. Like, this I'll is the funny there. part about. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> here's, the, here's the funny part about last year's tournament, right? Like, here's the thing to me that I realized with that, with that setup. This is the only tournament that is currently going on where it would be so hard to cheat that it's almost it's almost impossible for you I to think cheat. So too. Yeah. For you to cheat when it when it comes to catching the fish, right? Like there's so many. Think about it. You have a hundred anglers. You have a hundred anglers on the water. That that's just us. That's just the people who are fishing the tournament. You have guys who are running up and down in boats and in and in other propel boats trying to film. You got three or four people at each checkpoint that are checking you in. So if you got a bait bucket hidden inside your boat and you forget to put that thing away whenever you get to the next checkpoint, they're going to see it. If you pull out a cast net, net some mullet or something like that and forget to put away your cast net if you're che- trying to cheat and you leave it out, they're going to see it. If you have a circle hook and an egg sinker on anything when we're down there, you should be automatically disqualified when you pull up to a, uh, to a checkpoint. I mean, oh, snap. Yeah. this guy should be in the rules. Oh, snap. I yeah, agree. well, I, mean, I agree with that. You, you know, I mean, when, when you when you sit back and you look at fishing tournaments, and especially kayak tournaments, uh, and this is and people often ask it, and I'll be I will be straight up honest because I just I just don't care. I don't fish a lot of tournaments, especially kayak tournaments, because I don't feel that it's a fair level of competition. I feel that in a in a lot of events, mainly some some big ones that there's a, 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 such a gray area and such an open, an open door to falsifications. So that's how I'll say it, that it, it doesn't make sense for me to take the 50 bucks or 100 bucks or whatever it is for me to, to fish the tournament, drive the location, whatever, whatever. It just it doesn't matter. Like, it, it, it doesn't make sense to me. I fished offshore tournaments for years out of my own boat and out of buddies' boats and had a great time doing it. And you can't go and, and stake out a bunch of fish in 300 foot of water. 
you can't go out and you can't have a buddy sitting there and, you know, waiting for you to show up with a 50 pounds. I mean, it just doesn't happen. Like, you know, you, there's, there's, there's just the, the level of, of bull crap you have to deal with on other styles of tournaments is, is way less. We're actually proposing a tournament at the moment, uh, a small tournament series that will only be on the uh, east coast of Florida and mainly, honestly, central east coast of Florida, so probably up to New Smyrna and down to Sebastian, and that's pretty much it because we want to run it through KBB Outfitters. And, and, this is, and this is the way that this is going to go down, if it happens. This is the way it's going to go down. Everybody has a fair shot, right? I want, I want to see entries like, we, like you see, not quite like Jacksonville, because that's just ridiculous, like 500-some-odd people, whatever. I want to see 100 people come down to fish a tournament, if not more. And there's no reason why there shouldn't be that many. And so how, how, do, you get those, how do you get the numbers to show up? Because let's, let's be honest. The IFA doesn't draw big crowds, right? No, the IFA is expensive. It's expensive, but it still doesn't draw big crowds. Dude, three years ago, there was like six people fishing the Titusville event. Like, come on. And then they have uh, uh, the the Cat and Pat tournaments. Traditionally, they don't draw big crowds. I'm talking like like 100 100 anglers, right? So why is that? Well, I'll, I'll tell you why. Because when you sit back as a novice kayak fisherman and you think, man, I'd love to get involved in tournaments. And then you sit back and you watch the shenanigans that take place at so many events. And, and, and regardless of current situations or otherwise, there's always scutterbutt. Right? Yep. Peppy comes back. Listen, Peppy here, my co-host, is one of those dudes that I'm sure people have talked about because for whatever reason, the guy comes back and usually right before he lands on the freaking bank, he catches a monster redfish almost every other <laughs> tournament he fishes. You know, and people have got to be like, wow, uh, you know, uh, what, what, how did you catch a 38-inch redfish on a STB or an SSB <laughs> or whatever, you know? Like within sight of the launch. Well, I saw him catch it. That's how he did. I don't. Even, it didn't make sense to me <laughs> after the day yeah. I had, you know. But whatever. So here's what we're proposing. We're proposing that you come out, you sign up for our tournaments. When you show up, there you have the option to launch at three different checkpoints. It's your option. You can you can pick wherever you want to go within the three check I mean within the three check-in spots that we allow you. Say let's just say we're doing the lagoon one. All right? So you can go and you can fish, let's just say you can put you can put in a Beacon 42, BioLab and Eddy Creek. Right? Let's just say that those are the three. When you show up to the ramp, there will be somebody standing there with a clipboard to give you your token. You are not allowed to get a token until your boat has been inspected. If you don't like it, don't show up. But if you've got a cast net, a bait bucket, a frozen mullet, a dead shrimp head, you got anything other than what is given to you at the captain's meeting to fish with, yeah, we'll do that. We'll do one of those, here's a Plano box with some lures in it. Go catch some fish. Because now, because uh, now, if one of your guys comes sliding, if if one of your competitors goes sliding by you, and he isn't fishing with any of the six or so baits that we give you to go fish with, you know damn well he's cheating. 
and it's on you at that point if you want to come forward and be like, hey, we caught the guy cheating. If the guy at the, at the put-in didn't see anything. So in other words, all you should have to fish the tournament is a measuring board, right, your camera, obviously your safety equipment, snacks, because I like snacks. Everyone should have snacks. And then, uh, and then the, the, the play no tackle box and your couple of rods you're going to fish with. And that's it. There's no tackle bag. There's no need for extra crap. You don't need a dry bag full of stuff, you know. This is very streamlined, very easy. Mono y mono, it's the same bait, right? Like, let's see, who, let's see who's legit, that kind of a tournament. I think yeah. if you get it like that, I think that you, I think that you honestly would have way more of, a, of an opportunity to get people involved in it because now they know, look, Peppy's awesome, right? Peppy catches a lot of fish, and he's, he's like places in all the tournaments. But now he has to fish with the same thing I have to fish with. And nobody knows what those baits are up until the, the captain's meeting. And that so is the best tournament. You can't go out and you can't pre-fish with your baits because they're not, they might not be the same baits that we're going to give you. And we may throw you for a loop. We may give you, like, some Cinco's, maybe a crawfish pattern. <laughs> who knows what you'll end up with, a pig and jig? Who, who knows? But you have to go out there and catch fish. And I think that if we do it like that, I mean, straight up, if you do it like that, then there's, just, there's, there's no gray area at all. None of this you can travel out of state lines. None of this you can go to the West Coast. No. You've got to launch at one of these three spots. You have to check in. The guy has to literally has to go through your entire boat, and there you go. Done. I, I like it. That sounds like a smorgasbord of, of, of a bunch of different tournaments that take place all over Florida. I know the West Coast did something similar where, you know, they'd give you, like a Cinco, when I call it that, and you're like, okay, I, I got a, you know, like a grab bag tournament combined with checkpoints, you know, authentication kind of style, and... I mean, I'd even go a step further in saying getting a picture of the fish on the measuring device with the bait in mouth. You know, it's just, well, I mean, I mean that, that doesn't really. But see, here's the thing, and and this is one of those things that it just kind of pops in from time to time. That's one of those things that it doesn't make a difference, dude. Because if I caught a if I caught a 40 inch redfish on a chunk of mullet, I pop the hook out of his face and I throw a jig head in his head, and that, that that's no <laughs> big deal, right? Like, I'm just I'm just saying that's one of those things. Again, that's one of those gray areas that. That it 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 opens it kind of opens the door to 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 that. I see um, I see what uh, Uno Moss is saying there in the uh, chat room that he doesn't prefer the select bait idea because he has sponsors. And I understand and trust me, I've got my own set of sponsors as well. But and, and most guys do. But I think that in the grand scheme of things, for promoting a tournament to try and bring in as many people as you possibly can. To, to fish an event, I think that that's the only way you're going to get the guys that that might not turn out for a tournament to fish the tournament. I mean, and if and if a couple guys choose not to do it because of their sponsor affiliations, I would I would completely understand. And and in that respect, you, you don't look at them and say, "Well, why is me fishing it?" You know, he's big dog so and so. No, because his answer is simple. I can't fish it because I can't fish those people's products, you know, and that's just the way it is. And, and people would have to understand that. But at the same time, I really, really think that, uh, 
it's I really think that it's a good idea. Um, my my whole I tandem kayak fishing. You don't even get you no. <laughs> Whatever. That, that's a whole different kind of fishing tournament we don't get involved in. Um, but yeah, I think that if you, uh, I think that if you, um, if you run it that way, again, then then more people from the outside uh, area would be like, wow, that sounds really freaking cool. And if you put it on like a, kind of like what Joe does down south with with his offshore tournaments, where it's a big deal, like his kickoff party that you know they have this big to do and. You know, I'm not saying I'm going to spray champagne all over people because I just, I mean, I just ain't got champagne to be spraying all over people. But if you <laughs> got champagne or whatever you want to do, like party it up, have a good time. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think that that's really what kind of sets, sets it apart. And then when you have a kids' division that's that's legit, I mean, give the kids, like, a legitimate prize and make sure that they feel like they came out and they – accomplish something when they leave you know i mean and women's the women's side of things too i i think that it's uh it's to, i think it's totally uh one of those things that i feel i feel like the ladies always get the short end of the stick I mean, and that goes that bold's true for the offshore tournaments as well dude come on like we fish i used to fish uh, a couple here locally and uh, the Coconuts Tournament, uh, you know, the FSFA Tournament, CFOA Tournament, whatever, the Dodge Classic, and the a woman would come in with a bigger fish than a dude, and she'd walk away with, like, 200 bucks. <laughs> Meanwhile, the guy who caught a bigger, I mean, a smaller kingfish, but in the men's division, won the men's division in kingfish, wins, like, five grand. Like, I think that more sponsors would get involved if the, if the tournaments were, were, were bigger, yeah, you know, the amount of entrants were bigger, and knowing what I know on the inside as far as the the tackle industry is concerned, getting prizes for things like that, crazy easy. You know, it's not hard to, to gather a bunch of really really good prizes up. I mean, stuff that Peppy wouldn't even sell. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I mean, it's just yeah. I've been thinking about it a long time. I, I saw that. Yeah, I've been thinking about this for a while because. Quite frankly, my original idea was to make this tournament series as a straight up, uh, as as a straight up charitable type event, where we can have everything other than the entry fee go to charity. So money for the food that's sold, money for the drinks that are sold, money for the raffle, all that kind of thing can all go to charity. And the reason being is I just like to do that. I, I enjoy like the Rouse family. I just enjoy helping people. Um, who are down and out and, and have, you know, needs. And, and I'm one of those people, man. Trust me when I tell you, there will be a tournament this year held out at KBB Outfitters that will benefit mitochondrial disease foundation. I promise you that. Like, mark my words, it's going to happen. And for those of you who don't know, my son has that. So, you know, it's it's definitely going to be uh, – it's, it's definitely on the top of my list as far as trying to get get that more involved – I mean, get more involved with uh, with that side of things. But – I digress. Sometimes I talk a lot, and when I talk a lot, I apologize. <laughs> but guys, go ahead and I'll let you guys talk for a second. Actually, you know what? Let's hit a quick break real fast, and when we get back, we'll uh, we'll talk with. I'll, I'll let the other guys talk, and I'll shut my mouth. <laughs> this is uh, this is the Kayak Fishing Radio Network, and you're listening to the Redfish Chuck Show here on the Kayak Fishing Radio Network. Looking for a new cooler with a lifetime warranty and made 100% in the United States. 
look no further than Orca coolers. These roto-molded, rugged coolers feature premium quality, seamless construction, meaning they're built to take whatever you and Mother Nature throws at them. Orca coolers allow ice to keep for days, and they have non-slip feet so your cooler stays where you want it. With secure external latch system, the lid always stays closed. Orca coolers, made 100% in the USA, always has been, always will be. Check them out at orcacoolers.com. Yeah, there you go, Orca Coolers, awesome people. So, um, so there you go. That, that's what I got to say. Peppy, take it away, man. Talk about whatever. <laughs> oh man. Um, oh man. Uh, what you were talking about is, is is right. I would love to see. Uh, to tell you the truth, I'd love to see an East Coast uh, series, something that has kayaks by the It'd be great, man. Or KBB Outfitters. It'd be great to have something here. You know, something fun. You know, something fun. Not a lot of pressure on anybody or anything like that. Just something to get a lot of the newbies also, a lot of people having fish tournaments into it and, and make it a fun thing. You know what I'm saying? It's it's like I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. There's a lot of people that don't fish tournaments that do not want to fish tournaments because they just feel, you know, they, they, they sort of feel pressured when they see some of the anglers that are fishing these tournaments and they just do not want to do it because of the competition, you know, and, and they it would be great to get people in there just to do a fun tournament, you know, different setup every single time, maybe even one of those tournaments that you show up in the morning, everybody's at the launcher at one spot meets there, okay, and you pick out of a hat a bunch of lures that are in there, and you pick out one lure, bam, pull it out. This is what we're using today, you know, something yeah. like that, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, then, and make it an event. Make it almost like a boondoggle in a, in a sense where – Maybe there's some camping involved where you can come out and kind of party it up the night before and have a good time and bring your family over and kind of make it a big deal, you know? I mean, there's, there's, listen, if we can bring six or seven, whatever many hundreds of people that were at Cars Park for the February boondoggle last year, if we could bring that many people together for a, a weekend at Cars Park when the weather was absolutely miserable for a non-tournament, Right? There's no excuses why we shouldn't be able to pull a bunch of people into Central Florida to be able to do a tournament. I mean, look at Jacksonville. You know, I don't want to do, yep. like, a bunch of tournaments that are that big, but I'm just saying we should be able – this shouldn't be an issue of getting more than 20 people to sign up for a tournament or 30 or 40 people. I mean, we should – Yeah, 30 or I mean, 40 got, is definitely doable. It's, I, I think, you know, part of it is getting a lot of people on board is – getting the word out way ahead of time and never letting the word drop. Like, just, just yeah. keep talking about it. KBB coming up, KBB coming up, tournament coming up, everybody come on out and play, have a good time. You know, the stress-free environment of it just being a fun tournament is important because you bring in a variety of a crowd. But, you know, if if we do want a lot of people competing, both novice, intermediate, or, you know, experienced <laughs> anglers, it's just it's just burying it. Well, yeah, what you do, yeah. you, you vary it, and what you do, actually, what you actually could do, Justin, you could have a tournament, you have, you have two different divisions. You have one division that's going to be your, your sort of professional, experienced uh, type fisherman in that division, and you have your beginner's division. You could actually have two divisions, okay, and if you're a beginner, that's fine. Go ahead and be in the beginner's division. You know what I'm saying? That way the pressure's not on, you know, it's, I, I I think the pressure would be off some of those people like that when you do that kind of stuff. And to tell you the truth, 
I think if you do a tournament, if you're saying just one tournament, one big tournament a year like that, and say you sort of make it, like you bring it out there, like it's going to be a, this kind of tournament, such and such date, camping at Cars Park, like that kind of stuff, dude, you will have over 100 people showing up for that tournament. Guaranteed. Yeah. Yeah, and I, li- I like what Drew said, and chicks. You've got to have chicks. So maybe what oh, we yeah. do... Maybe what we do, just be, just for sake of argument, I see my boy Randy English is in there. And I don't like to throw his daughter Kimmy underneath the bus, but whatever Kimmy seems to be a part of seems to always work because she has really good connections in the fishing world. So maybe we get, like, Kimmy and a host of her friends or we get uh, Austin's, uh, I mean, Becca's sister-in-law or sister or whatever to come over. And we get a bunch of those chicks to come over, and there's the, those are the judges. Those yeah. are the judges, those are the raffle chicks, those are the people that handle handle stuff. I don't know. <laughs> I wonder I wonder I'm waiting for Drew's reaction to that and I I don't see anything yet, so he, he must not care. But anyhow. Um <clears throat> no, yeah, it'll be interesting, man. We'll see what we can do. But I definitely want to do at least a couple this year. Um, even if they're just for fun, you know, just no big deal. I mean, heck, I even want to host the fly only tournament over here. I know that won't, I know that won't draw a lot of guys, but I'm, I'm really pretty much hell bent on, on, uh, promoting the fly side of this industry as much as I can. And, and that's going to kind of bode well for the next topic here. I know happy. I know you've got a, I know you got a fly rod, right? Yeah, I got, well, well, Alan and I are actually taking. Alan and I are actually fishing the Salty Fly tournament this year. So I know I, I saw that. That's awesome. Yeah. So and I'm not a big fly fisherman. You know I'm not. And and I'm actually in that tournament. I'm actually going to be. I'm going to be the pole boy. I'm going to be on top pulling Alan around. Oh <laughs> boy! Oh my pole god! Boy. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. Yeah. You need you need an outfit with. With that well, on the back of your shirt, you said man. you need an outfit. I'll tell you what, man. If <laughs> you, you Alan tie a bandana around your neck, if Alan could catch winning fish, I will be his pole boy all day long and put a skirt on and do whatever I have to do. If if, hey. if Alan could land those fish, <laughs> hey, absolutely no, but uh, but so no, you know, going into the fly stuff. So <clears throat> here's the thing with fly fishing. I mean, there's a it's incredible how many people look at it as still as such an elitist sport. Like a lot of folks look at it and they're like, man, I'd love to learn how to fly fish, but I cannot afford it. Right. Well, yeah, you probably can't afford it. If you're looking at buying a top of the line sage and a top of the line, you know, Nautilus or top of the line Tibor or whatever as your first entry combo, like it doesn't even make any sense. That's like, it's like buying your son or daughter their first car, buying them a Ferrari, the very first car. You know they're going to crash it. You know they're going to dent it and bang into things, so don't do it. You know, just, just you can get into it on the cheap. You can get into it on the cheap is all I'm saying. Like, Reddington makes great quality equipment. TFO makes good quality equipment. Um, Nautilus makes reels that are very affordable. Tibor makes reels that are fairly affordable. So, I mean, you got – Lampson makes great reels. I mean, there's a ton of different companies out there that make great products that are what I would call beginner to entry level. Akuma even makes great fly reels and, and good fly rods. So 
you can you can go you can go to most fly shops, and if you ask, because sometimes I mean it's, I know fly shops, right? I mean I've been in tons of them. You, sometimes you have to ask for the cheap stuff, right? Not like going in the liquor store and and you know asking for top shelf that's hidden behind the counter. You got to sometimes you got to ask for the cheap stuff because it's hidden with dust on it in the back of the store. But you can get a you can get a really really nice starter combo for less than 200 bucks retail in a lot of cases with fly line. And now 200 bucks isn't isn't a drop in the bucket, but when you consider the fact that most of us are probably fishing with spinner reels that cost more than that, just the reel, right? Not even counting the braid that it costs to spool that reel. So for less than 200 bucks, you can get into something, see if you like it, you know, take it out, play around with it. I always recommend to people, if you're going to go out and you're going to try and fish a fly rod, your first time ever going, you got to have fish you can go catch that are going to be your confidence fish. A tailing redfish in the Mosquito Lagoon on a fly rod is not a confidence fish. <laughs> that is a frustrating fish. That is one that you will snap the fly rod over your knee, pick your spin rod, and catch that bastard. So this time of year, perfect opportunity to get into it because now the water's cold, right? There's tons of little dink trout off of every island and every drop-off in the river. Get yourself some, some lightly weighted clouds or flies, any kind of clouds or minnow that's, uh, that, it doesn't, that color doesn't even make a difference to those fish. I mean, they'll eat anything. Scoop it nice and slow. Catch a handful of them. There's always jacks around down south. There's always ladyfish around to be had. You catch yourself some of those fish, kind of build your confidence up a little bit, and then you can kind of pick up and move on to the next big thing, which is, for most people around here anyway, is, is redfish. So, you know, uh, what is the best well liquor to replace Jack Daniels? Uh, I you don't, you don't ever replace Jack Daniels. What are you talking about? Yeah, I don't understand the question. <laughs> I'm offended. <laughs> no, but anyway, so, yeah, so you go out, you, you know, you get yourself a nice combo, whatever, whatever. You figure out that you like it. Boom, now you like it. Now you want to get into tying your own flies. Let me tell you from experience, when you go out and uh, 45 bucks for Jack, that's expensive up by you. Um, anyhow, when you go uh, – when you go up and you, you start tying flies, tie your own flies, and you go out and start catching fish on stuff that you created, it's a completely different feeling than going and buying a bag of plastics or going and buy, you know, a topwater plug or whatever. I mean, the, the level of accomplishment that you feel from that is just like, and then it sparks the addiction. Next thing you know, you've got $1,000 in fly tying material in a, in a desk, and you just, you're addicted to it. You can't get away from the fly vice. So, what I'm trying to say is just because we're kayak fishermen and by trade we're kind of thrifty, right? Most of you, I mean, I think all of us can kind of agree that for the most part people get into kayaking because they don't want to spend a bunch of money on a boat, right? So just because that most of us are kind of thrifty and we'd like to not spend a bunch of money on gear and this, that, and the other, there's plenty of stuff out there at your disposal. So maybe think about, apple pie <laughs> maybe think about a uh, white lightning so maybe think about you know stopping into your local shop whether it's uh new smyrna outfitters or 
uh, QV Outfitters, my store, or Richard's store down at Harry Goods Outdoor Shop, which, by the way, Richard's shop is, has recently undergone a facelift. And let me tell you what, Rich is doing it down there, man. He's doing it right. So make sure to go down there and check him out. I mean, that was kind of a open-ended plug for him because, you know, with Bass Pro Shops opening up down the road from him, I think that it's uh, now is the time to go support the guy. I mean, I love Richard to death. He's a good friend of mine. And, you know, his fly store or his outfitter store is the same same concept that I wanted to build mine off of. So when you come into my shop, you might feel kind of the same feel as you will when you walk into his, minus all the inventory because I'm new, but whatever. So uh, <laughs> I thrifted in. Uh, say it one more again, but uh, we got, um, I don't even know where we're going, man, off on tangents and crap. Um, see, that's what happens when I don't have Jack Daniels in my house. And I try to do a whole ra- try to do a whole radio show with no liquor in the house. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> you guys are actually going to see a different side of me when we go down to that adventure deal. No liquor for me. No liquor for me. <laughs> No, but, but, dude, the, but liquored up Chuck is fun though. Yeah, liquored up Chuck almost broke his neck at the Boondoggle. So we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna refrain from people. Oh, you know there'll be some people. I, I didn't say beer. I can drink beer. We'll be drinking some PBRs. But anyhow, um, yeah, I don't even know where I was going with that. Justin, the hour, buddy, and. Uh, Pink Boa Chuck's not going to be there. I don't have the Pink Boa. Stan Jones has the Pink Boa. I gave it to him now. Um, anyway, we're at the top of the hour. Um, we can probably continue to just blabber on about nothings, but I got a, a puppy that is now starting to whine a little bit, and it's time for me uh, to take her out before she makes a mess. So uh, yeah. good luck to you this week, sir, on the endeavor that me and you have been talking about for the last couple of weeks. I hope that uh, after Tuesday all things are good. I appreciate that. Yep, fingers crossed. We'll, we'll see how that how that works. Very cool. And uh, do you have anybody you want to thank for supporting you, sponsors or otherwise? Uh, yep. I want to shoot my thanks over to uh, Procure Basements and to Manny with Tail and Toads. Outstanding. Yeah, man. Peppy? Yes, sir. You want me to thank my sponsors here, man? We didn't even yeah. go through it like, uh, what, are, what are we doing this weekend or anything? Well, I'll tell you what, I'm not duck hunting anymore, so I'm fishing. <laughs> nice. I'll be fishing, man. Don't know what we're doing yet. Don't know what, what we're going to do yet, but don't even know. haven't even thought about it, but... Definitely start fishing, man, and start preparing for some tournaments and stuff like that. But uh, other than that, man, let me uh, thank my sponsors here, man. Um, Native Watercraft, Aquabound Paddles, Orca Coolers, Very Goods Outdoor Shops, Larry Coolers, Tackle Webs, Hook One, Yak Attack, Ram Mounts, Kayaks by Bow, KBB Outfitters, and Tailing Toads. And, uh, and, yeah. And uh, let's see. I have to find my list. <laughs> I have to look for mine too. <laughs> it's just because I'm tired, man. All right, let's see. 
I'd like to thank, of course, first and foremost, my good friend Frank Stapleton from Hobie. Can't wait to get my pink pro angler. Thanks, buddy. Um, <laughs> Cork coolers, tackle webs, barrel blazer, yacht gear, ego net, ENO, bending branches, paddle, flare rank lures, of course, KBB, KBB Outfitters, uh, Real Adrenaline Energy Drinks, and Adventurous Custom Rods. And, of course, as always, I always want to let you guys know that you should always take the kids fishing. They're the future of our sport. And get your lady out there, man. Justin's lady just went out there, caught her first red fish in the kayak. It was, what, 33 inches? 33-inch tail and fish. First fish from her own kayak. That's pretty ridiculous. 33-inch tail and red fish caught her all on her own. Hey, before... uh, before we end the show, um, uh, Drew just brought something up to our attention on the site here. Uh, this weekend's the Guys versus Dolls tournament. Oh, snap. Uh-huh. I did not know that. Yeah, neither did I. I just saw it now. I was like, whoa, wait a second. <laughs> when when what day is that? Sunday? I, I don't know. Drew? Drew, do you know? <laughs> because... Drew's dressing up in a dressing up like a girl and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's, he's yeah. wearing heels. Mrs. Doubtfire on the water. So February second. What day is February second? Sunday. Super Bowl Sunday. Sunday. It's be Sunday. They better end that thing early. <laughs> yeah, run that thing early. Cause I gotta, I gotta be at work at noon. Yeah. Cool. All right, then, folks. Check it out on Space Coast Kayak Anglers, guys, if you uh, want to check out the the Gals versus Guys tournament this weekend. I'm sure Tammy will have something on there, or you can hit her up on Facebook. Yeah, yeah and also, too, don't, hold on, hold on, I get it. Also, too, don't forget that um, Tim is looking for volunteers to help out with the um, kids on fishing, I think it is. Yep. So, it's, uh, Saturday, Saturday, Mosquito Creek, 10 to 1 o'clock. Hook kids on fishing. Lunch will be provided. And just teach a bunch of kids how to cast, how to tie stuff. And uh, I don't think there's a pond there, but um, still, it's always it's always a good turnout. So, yeah, anybody that's interested in that can just shoot Tammy an email or um, uh, just shoot her a message or Captain Tom Van Horn as well. I have info on that. But that's a good event. I've done that. That's that's. It's always good to go to those. Absolutely. Maybe what we'll try and do at some point is host one of those over here on the Space Coast, too, for guys who might not be able to make the drive over to uh, Oviedo. But um, it's Oviedo, isn't it? Oh, Apopka. 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 Yeah. Oh, and then we have uh, next month we have the Old Florida Outdoor Festival. Yep. So uh, look forward to that. We'll be talking more about that next week. And... We'll probably talk more about the Adventure Fishing World Championship next week as well. We should have Alan back with us next week. Um, I know he's working late tonight. So I guess Bright House is having some major changes with their computer programming systems or something, which I hope translates into better service, Bright House. (laughs) Get it together, Alan. No, I'm kidding. Um, 
<laughs> so uh, from all of us here at Kayak Fishing Radio, be safe out there. Have a good time, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. See you. See you guys. Later. Looking for a group of kayak anglers to share your kayak fishing adventures with? Check out yakangler.com, your ultimate fishing resource.